Welcome to the Law of Attraction in Action podcast. My name is Michelle Joy, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm here to inspire you to live amazing lives through the Law of Attraction and help you see how powerful you really are. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews, and I will give you inspirational talks on my Monday session. So thank you so much for joining me, and happy manifesting! Welcome to Love Attraction in Action. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. My name is Michelle Joy and I am your host. And today I bring you people from all over the world and all walks of life who are here to share their journey with you around the law of attraction so you can have an amazing life too. So today's guest, his name is Roy Biancalana and he is a certified relationship coach and a nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships. He's also a frequent TV analyst and Roy is the author of three number one best-selling books with the latest of which is called Relationship Bootcamp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy. And Roy, I love these conversations. I know it's going to be fantastic. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's wonderful to be here and I can't wait to get into it. Awesome. This is such a great subject. But first, Roy, how did you come into the law of attraction and how has it changed your life? Yeah, you know, I have my own personal journey with it, right? Of course, as a coach, I use it and we talk to my clients about it, but I have my own personal journey with it. And and I'm <laughs> I'm more, I came into it by how it worked against me rather than for me. All right. So the law of attraction, since it's a law, right, like gravity, you don't choose to use it. You don't decide that I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to use the law of attraction or today I'm not going to. Just like I don't wake up and say, I'm going to have the law of gravity work in my life today and tomorrow I'll float around, right? So if it's a law, it's operating. The question is, I learned, is it operating sort of for you or against you, right? So to me, the law of attraction means like attracts like, like birds of a feather flock together, right? There's this, whatever state of consciousness you are in, whatever level or vibration, whatever words you want to use that you're bringing into the world, you'll attract people up at that same level, okay? So the important thing that I learned was that if I wanted to attract a healthy person and a healthy relationship. It wasn't so much about how to find them or how do I use a law of attraction to find them. It was more about, well, I whether I like it or not, I'm only going to attract people that are sort of at my level of consciousness or my level of emotional health, my what I call my relationship fitness level. Okay. <laughs> so it dawned on me that if I want to really attract a healthy relationship, I had to get myself at a higher level, at uh, in a higher level of relational fitness, you could call it, right? Thus, the boot camp name. So to me, what I've learned from my own life is that if my focus was on getting myself healthier, I would automatically attract people at a higher, healthier level than me. And to me, that that turns everything on its ear because I talk to so many people who are all about where do I find them, right? How do I attract 
that person. And it can become confusing. It can become sort of difficult. But as soon as I started to recognize that I'm only going to attract, in my case, a woman who is at my level of emotional health, that I could almost forget about her. Just work on me, <laughs> right? So I had this history. And, and, and so it worked against me for years is what I'm trying to tell you, is I had a lot of bad relationships that I blame the women for. It was like, you're this or you're not that or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I failed to see that they were just like a reflection of who I was, mm -hmm. right? So I, I started noticing that what I was attracting, the law of attraction was working in my life, whether I knew it or not, was I was attracting women who were sort of like damsels in distress, okay? Mm -hmm. Like they were very successful. They made a lot of money. They were working 60 to 80 hours a week and they, they were single mothers and they had maybe a couple of kids or something but they, they were overwhelmed. Like they had this um, busy, successful, overwhelmed life that they almost couldn't keep up with it, okay? It's kind of somewhat common, but I noticed I kept attracting those kinds of women and I would get into these relationships where I was being like Roy the rescuer. Mm -hmm. Like I would swoop in and I would, take care of their lives. I would manage their children, manage their households. I would, everything from take their kids to tutoring, to vacuum their houses and do their laundry. And you so, sound like a dream man, by the way. I just yeah, wanted to yeah. point that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I was doing it from a place of fear. In other words, because I had the junk in me was like, I learned this from my childhood, me and my mother, that kind of dynamic was that the only way I could get a woman to give me attention and affection is if I made my life be about hers, right? Mm -hmm. So I learned this dynamic early in life that if, if I did my own thing, if I had my own core, my own truth, my own wants, my own needs, mm -hmm. I got the cold shoulder from my mother. I didn't, I didn't feel connected. But if I sort of put myself aside and said, what can I do to take care of you, to help you, to fulfill your agenda, then I felt warmth and I felt connection. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know at the time that I was developing something that I call a relationship persona. Mm -hmm. It was a way of being to try to get love and feel safe and feel connected to, at that time, my first girlfriend, my mother, I mean, the first feminine force in my life that's so important to a little boy or a little girl. Mm -hmm. And so I developed this person that I named Casanova. He was like the world's greatest boyfriend. I mean, I, but I was, I was doing all these things for women because I was afraid if I didn't do that, then they would never want me, okay? Mm -hmm. So the law of attraction part comes in, in the sense of if I'm in sort of a place where I see myself as I have to rescue and the only way I can get a woman to, to want me is if, if, if my life is devoted to taking care of hers, then Roy the rescuer is going to attract damsel in distress mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. So I coined a phrase called the relationship groundhog day syndrome. And perhaps some people watching and listening are familiar with attracting the same kinds of partners mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the same kinds of patterns and the same kinds of problems and pain over and over and over again, right? Different people, but it's the same dynamic. How come all of the guys I meet are emotionally unavailable? How come the women I meet are damsels in distress? 
Well, it's because the law of attraction is working against you because you're not conscious of the vibration or the energy or the persona that you're moving in the world with. And as long yeah, as you- the universe way. doesn't lie. People do not lie. The mirror effect, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I'm really no. excited about this conversation because the people who are showing up for us, especially the pattern, I want people to hear very clearly, the pattern that you're seeing is something that needs to be healed in you. And that was, and I, I totally, yeah. totally relate. I kept attracting selfish men. Yeah. That was my MO. Where right. could I find the next selfish guy? Selfish, selfish, right. selfish. And then I had to stop and go, what within me is attracting that? And right. I had a thing where I was little, I was ignored because I'm the youngest of six with a single mom. Nobody paid attention. Oh, poor me. Nobody cares. Well, you know what? Nobody pays attention to me. I'm used to it. Right. So what did I do? I found men who didn't pay attention to me. Right. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Right. But I couldn't heal that until I became aware of what exactly. that pattern was. Is that what happened with you? Beautiful. Yes, exactly. As long as you were in some sort of, I don't matter, I'm self, I'm selfless, mm -hmm. you'll just always attract some selfish man because they go together like cookies and milk. Right. So that, that's why I'm saying is back in the day, you could have done everything possible. How can I find an unselfish, caring man as long as you want it? But as long as you didn't do that work in you that was attracting him, yeah. then you, you were going to be stuck in that pattern forever. Yeah. So that's the big switch to how do I find him to what's going on in me that is responsible for the whole thing. That's why I say the law of attraction can be a good thing, but it can be a nightmare if you're unaware of what's going on. So I hired a coach. I, I hired, this is now what, 15 years ago or so. I hired a coach and I'm like, why am I successful professionally, but I can't make a relationship work. I was married for 19 years and that fell apart. And at the very end, I had an affair because I couldn't die. I'm not proud of that, but I did. And of course, my, my marriage was very platonic. And of course, I, you know, the person I had an affair with and rebounded with was highly sexual. So we were together two and a half years and got engaged. Then she dumped me right before the wedding and it broke my heart. Um, you know, and I was a mess, like a year long midlife crisis. I'm talking couldn't sleep, heart palpitations, racing mind, just, you know, and then of course I did the wise thing. I went online and met a bunch of women online. Oh, of course. That's what we all do, right? right? We get hurt. We're like, all right, moving on. You're not right. going to keep me down. And right. then you go and keep attracting the same person. You're like, why is this happening? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I was, and of course I turned out to be using all these other women to help me forget about the last one. So mm -hmm. I really wasn't available. It was a nightmare. And after a while, one of my friends said, Roy, maybe you need to talk to somebody, you know, because yeah, professionally you're doing okay, but your, your love life is an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why I began to understand these dynamics mm -hmm. that I was moving from a, a belief in myself that the only way a woman would want me is if I had no self and I just became the world's greatest boyfriend. I have a chapter in one of my books called the world's greatest boyfriend. Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't because I, I wanted to express myself and express my love and care. It was, I was doing, I was afraid that if I wasn't the world's greatest boyfriend and did all these things for women, they wouldn't want me. So you but didn't believe in unconditional love. That's basically what you, you believe. There's no such thing as unconditional. Someone can't love you unconditionally for who you are. That sounds like that was a belief you may have had. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I would have said, I believe in unconditional love, but in reality, I did not. Mm -hmm. Right. In reality, 
there were lots of conditions. I had to be a certain kind of guy in order to get a woman to give me the time of day. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is it attracts a dynamic where she is going to be doing the same thing. She's going to have her own vert. That's why it's called codependence, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? So I'm feeling like I have to be, I'm Roy the rescuer is going to attract someone who is a damsel in distress, right? So the person I was engaged to, one of her stayings is there's never been a man in my life that's ever made me a priority. That's ever, I've ever felt like, like my ex-fiance one time joked, you know, I don't expect to be your top priority. I just like to be in your top 10, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, if you understand Casanova or Roy the Rescuer, you were not only in the top, you were the top 10, right? I mean, because I was so afraid of losing a woman unless I did everything for her and took care of her. So what a perfect match we were, mm -hmm. right? Here I am, I got to rescue a woman to get her to like me. And I bump into this woman who feels like a man's never made me a priority and that kind of thing. And so we were instant chemistry. Mm -hmm. And here's one of the things I've learned is their chemistry is not always a good thing. Right, right, right. Yep, I'm glad you brought that up. Personas have chemistry together, right? Roy the mm -hmm. rescuer has the hots for the damsel in distress mm -hmm. and vice versa. But that's not going to last. That's, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, it's unhealthy. It's a codependent kind of chemistry. But then of course, there's a more of a polarity chemistry, more of a coming from your essence and my essence that we're not coming from a wounded place or, or at least we're, we're, we're sort of transcending that part of ourselves. And, and now we're, we're attracting from a, from our, uh, from a healthier place and you have a mm -hmm. healthier. So there's healthy chemistry and unhealthy chemistry. And right. most people are not in very good relationship shape. That's what I discovered is when I looked at myself, I was like morbidly obese in terms of my relationship fitness level. Okay? Mm -hmm. I even have a, a test on my website on how to determine your current relationship fitness level. Because mm -hmm. if you sort of know where you are, well, if, if you're not in a very fit place, you're going to attract unhealthy dynamics. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to get stronger and get more relationally fit, right? And in my, my newest book here, I talk about there's seven different relationship muscles that can be weak or strong. If you want a good relationship, you have to strengthen your own relationship muscles because then you're going to attract someone who's going to be strong relationally too. But I had to look at my life and it was like, I was not in good shape relationally. And it was, there was evidence, of course, everywhere the divorce mm -hmm. and being dumped by a fiance, all the online drama. I hated to admit it, but there were some, some, I had to get a lot stronger in my own life. And so that led to about a, I think I worked with a coach for like two years, mm -hmm. which is a lifetime in the coaching world, right? That's, mm -hmm. a, but I was pretty effed up. So, uh -huh. um, so I just went on this journey of waking up to my stuff, waking up to that dynamic between me and my mother that was influencing everything, um, really getting at some of the blockages I had to relationships and the barriers, some of the baggage, limiting beliefs, unconscious commitments. I, I just decided that I was going to wake up to what was going on in my life and why mm -hmm. I couldn't relate with a woman in, in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. Just mm -hmm. changed everything. I were you single for that whole time when you yes. were doing work? Nice. Yes. Yes, I mm -hmm. was. And 
I, I did date in there. I probably, looking back, I probably shouldn't have because I just wasn't ready, but loneliness is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but really, yeah, I did the work, you know, and I did the work to such an extent that I was okay being single. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really need a relationship. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of began to recognize more and more that loneliness is an illusion. Yeah. Like that, I'm one with life itself. There's no right, such thing right. as being separate and alone. Um, we are human creatures. We're not really made to be isolated. But I was really comfortable with my current relationship status. I was mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's okay that my life is here. And the minute I was no longer looking for a woman, in a sense, to try to complete me or right. to make to, I mean, to heal something in me or, you know, my whole, my whole mommy thing, you know, if a woman loves me, it, it heals all the stuff my mother never gave me, <laughs> all the crap mm-hmm. that's operating. Mm-hmm. The minute I let go of that and learned about that and, and really said, I'm okay being single. I'm just going to live my life and love my life and do my thing. It's like within mm-hmm. two weeks, I bumped into my wife. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I sat down next to her at a personal growth conference. I mean, she was the prettiest girl in the room. I just sat next to her uh-huh. and then 18 months we got married. You know, this is, I love that so many people, one of my biggest gripes with, with people in relationships, and it, I don't say this negatively, but just to understand why I'm so adamant, but like work on yourself. This is why work on yourself and you'll attract the right person. But it's so many people that loneliness makes people so afraid to be alone for even a minute. And I've had coaching clients who are like, okay, how long have you been single? Well, it's been a couple months. I'm like, you need to, it's fine. You don't need to rush I want you to get to that point where you feel comfortable being alone. Cause this is the problem. You'll probably agree with me, right? People tend to go into the wrong relationship after the wrong relationship after the wrong relationship because they're never willing to sit with themselves. It's like people don't meditate because they're afraid to sit with themselves. People don't do the personal development because they're afraid to sit with themselves. And when you're in a relationship, it's easy not to focus on yourself because you got someone else to complain about. You have that person that you can project all your stuff onto. So you are set free. You don't need to worry about yourself. So the greatest gift you can give yourself is that time to be alone, to feel good. And also what happens as it did with, I was single six and a half years before I met my soulmate. And I did, I did so much work, which is why I do this work, right? Same as you. Mm -hmm. But I really sat with this idea of like, I'm okay being alone. And I am not in this place of like, I need someone to complete me. Mm. Instead, I want someone to help me grow. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference, isn't there? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. You just described me. You, you mm-hmm. just described me. The loneliness was so powerful. And that's what I encourage my clients to do. I encourage the listeners, s- sit in the emptiness for just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And, and feel what you're afraid of, right? And what you're going to find is there's going to be some sort of not okay feeling, some sort of restlessness, some sort of empty, disconnected feeling. I remember when I was single, I felt like a, you know, the helium balloon, you know, that at the county fair, if you, if you let go of it, it just floats off into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. When I was single, that's how I felt. Like I was a disconnected helium balloon that was just Lost. gone, floating mm-hmm. around because my only sense of grounding in life was when I had a woman. Yeah. I was literally not out of a relationship from the day I was 16 to 46. Mm. They all 
Mm -hmm. overlapped. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, I went from 15 to 35, like yeah. nonstop. And right. when and I was single, 46. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought at 35, I told my therapist, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in a relationship in six months. And she's looking at me like, are you crazy well, you, woman? You could be, but it'll be just like the last one. Oh, right. 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 And thank yeah. God that didn't happen. And believe yeah. me, right. I tried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the yeah. opposite thing. I, because I was in such a dysfunctional relationship, I literally said, I want it. And yet I put my long arm up I'm like, no, not really. So my subconscious was like, no way, Jose, but my mm. heart's like, come on, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. we get it. We get it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so true. So yeah, I'm right with you that you have to turn your attention about, away from trying to find someone and deal with that because there's, there's that not okay feeling there mm -hmm. and whatever, whatever that for some, it might be called, I feel unlovable or unwanted. Mine was more like I was undesirable. Um, or not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna look for a partner and you you are gonna, whether you recognize it or not, you are gonna believe that that partner, if you find the right one and you have a list of who you want, you right. have a vision board, all of that, you're basically describing, this is the person I need who will fix that. And they mm -hmm. won't mm -hmm. because life partners make lousy life sources, okay? There's a quote for people. Mm -hmm. right we look for a life partner because we think that they'll make that empty feeling go away like i'm uh -huh. lonely what's the solution find a partner uh -huh. except we know too many people who are married and lonely as hell right yeah. right so nothing on the outside of you no person on the outside of you mm -hmm. can fix that that whatever that is when you sit by yourself and it terrifies you it, your mind says the partner is going to fix it in reality it won't mm -hmm. right <laughs> But you're, but then you're, you're, but that's, but that's what happens. Then, then, then it's that stuff that's attracting. Yeah. Yep. And that's Absolutely. how it works against you. Right. We so, attract out of desperation. When we exactly. are in a desperate state, you are going to attract someone who's also in a desperate state. Right. And again, that goes back to why are any relationship? Are you in a relationship because you want to grow and actually live in joy? And I think that's what we all think, but yeah. our subconscious, most of us go into relationship again, going back to, I can't deal with myself. So I'm going to find someone else to put my stuff on. And right. that's huge. And so many of us go through that. So I'm not judging anybody. I know I went oh, through yeah. that for sure. No and, judgment. And, what we right, do. right. But it was a gift as well. Right. So this is the thing we look back and go, wow, all of those bad relationships I had helped me grow exponentially because I was willing to sit with myself, my emotions after that relationship ended. Mm -hmm. Or some people while they're in a relationship, just really get real with where you're at and really ask those hard questions. Yeah. Am I happy within me? That other person is another human being. And I'm so sorry to say this, but there's not a single human being on this planet that can fix you. No. You are the only person who can fix you. Totally. Totally. And spirit. Okay. So I'm a big yeah. spiritual person. So to well, me, it's also spirit. So right. let's move on to, you met your wife. And so I have a lot of soulmate stories on my podcast. Share your yeah. soulmate story and how you met her. Well, I met her when I no longer was looking for her. Mm -hmm. I, I met her when I simply lived my life and did things that I wanted to do because they were serving my growth and my mission and who I was. Because before that, since the woman was the solution to whatever problem I thought I had. Everything I did was about, will I meet someone there? Any restaurant I chose, anything I mm -hmm. did, is mm -hmm. that going to be a place where I'm going to meet the kind of women I want to meet? Mm -hmm. So 
when I started to heal up on the inside and did my own work, and I no longer saw that it was a woman's role to even do that. And even if I could find someone, she wasn't going to be able to, just like you said, nobody on the outside is going to fix that. So when I, I hired a coach to fix that. And, and then I was like, I'm going to live my life. I wasn't so obsessed about meeting someone. Mm -hmm. I just went to a personal growth conference. I knew uh, the, the speaker was Kathleen Hendricks. I knew her husband, Dr. Gay Hendricks. Oh, I love them. And I, yeah. And I yes, had never, huge fans. Right, I had never met her, but I had met him. I played golf with him and stuff, but oh, I never met her. But I love Gay Hendricks. Yeah. She was in the Chicago area giving a, a weekend workshop. And I'm like, I'm going to go learn from Kathleen. So I went there and I went up on stage, introduced myself to her. And I know, I know your husband and we chatted and they're getting ready to start. So I'm standing on the stage here. It's like 80, 90 people in the room. And I just kind of look around over the audience and say, oh, who's the prettiest girl in the room? I was going to sit next, next to her, right? But I didn't go there to meet a girl. Right. I went there and I wanted to learn. I was, I knew the speaker, you know, Right. Like, what the hell? I'm not an idiot. Go sit down, you know? So we just, we just immediately just started flirting. I later found out that she was in therapy for a couple of years getting herself in physical relationship shape because she was a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was just done with about two years of my own work because I was a mess. And now we were both ready for something real. Mm-hmm. And we attracted each other in whatever mystical way these things happen. And we were we were both at the, the same kind of level. Yeah. yeah. Where early yeah. on, within like two or three dates, I was able to tell her all about my Casanova, Roy, the rescuer, damsel in distress dynamic. And I was like, if you ever, ever get a whiff of me trying to rescue you and treat you like you're some victim and you can't handle your life, just smack me because I'm liable to fall into a pattern. Right. And Uh sure enough, I would do that. And she'd say, are you being Roy? Are you being Casanova here? I'm like, oh shit, you're right. Thank you. Right. So Uh Our relationship was built on a foundation of some consciousness that we had because we both had done our work and yeah, then the rest is kind of history really. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, so. And it feels um, so good. So that's the, or you're talking about before, you know, that chemistry that you get, there's that thing. Some people call it crazy love. And then you have, you know, um, a soulmate love. And I use that yeah. word soulmate, however you wanted to define it. But what I, what I feel the difference between the crazy love and soulmate love is the crazy love is that really almost opposite attract chemistry. Right. Like right. this is it, it's a holding on, yeah. but a soulmate love is more of like a settling down and like being wrapped in a nice warm blanket. Oh, see, and so amazing that you say that because I've I've spoken about this. I don't know if I've written about this, but you're exactly, my experience with the crazy love yep. is that was with my ex-fiance. It, it was fast. It was, mm-hmm. it was intense. It was, um, yeah, the, 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 the energy of it was crazy. Yeah. And then when I met my wife, it was a deeper kind of grounded kind of a, yeah, you know, like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, it, it, for a while, because it was so different, I was like, do I really love her? Because I don't feel out of control. I don't feel nuts when I'm not with her. I, I'm right. not obsessing. I'm, and I'm like, yeah, no, dude, this is what healthy relationships I know. Are. You were a mess. Don't, don't, you don't want that again. No. Because it didn't work. Right. right. So the message in all of this stuff 
and this is why I've got a job is a lot of people are saying, I want to work on me because I want to get out of the groundhog day thing. I want to, I don't yeah. want to keep attracting the same thing and get yeah. hurt over and over and over again. I want to stop work here, strengthen my relationship muscles, mm -hmm. kind of rebuild myself in a sense, and then open myself up to whatever life and however it flows is going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the first step to that, I think, is to find out how relationally fit you are to start with. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you? Are yeah. you, are you ripped? <laughs> right. Or are you skinny fat or unhealthy? Mm -hmm. out of shape, dangerously out of shape, right? I, I actually have five levels. I have, nice. So I have, a, I have a fitness, a 30 question true false fitness test is going to be made available to everybody here. Uh -huh. It's great. It takes you like four minutes to take, but it's very accurate. Uh -huh. And you, you get your fitness level. You get some recommendations on the workouts you can do to get in shape. Oh my gosh. Like, I love that. Me, just like you find out from your doctor on your vital signs, you find out your cholesterol levels. I just went to the doctor, my cholesterol levels and blood pressure. And I mean, what is the current state of your physical fitness? Mm -hmm. If you went to the gym and hired a trainer, the trainer, a good one would say, what are your goals? And let's see, let's give you an assessment, see what we're starting with. Where mm -hmm. are you strong? Where are you weak? Right. And then they would put a plan together for you. So I want to assess people first, where are you? What kind of fitness level are you at? Oh, well, based upon where you are, we could put a plan for you to get you in shape so that you get out of these nightmares with relationships. Mm -hmm. So yeah, knowing your current fitness level, it's nice. not always pleasant to the ego to know that maybe you're not quite as God's gift to the universe as you think. <laughs> Yeah. In terms of your, your relation. I, I mean, I thought that, I mean, for, I don't want to drag on too long, but all my bad relationships, I swear to God, it was always their fault. Mm -hmm. And does that, did that get you anywhere? Especially when you start nowhere. seeing a pattern, pay attention to patterns yeah. guys. Cause it's the pattern does right. not lie. Right. Okay? Eventually I was like, I'm the only person, right. I'm the common denominator in right. all these pictures, Roy, maybe you got some issues. But so a lot of us, our egos are either we are, we're self-inflating, we think we're better than we are, or mm. we're self sort of- Sabotaging. Yeah. Right. So mm. it was, oh, it's all my fault. It's always my fault. I'm the worst. I'm the worst person in the world. We're negative. Well, no, you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was the kind of, I was overestimating myself. And so mm -hmm. when I got my results, and I actually took my own test mm -hmm. from the mentality I had back in the day. And yeah, and I was dangerously, I was at the worst level, which yeah. made sense. My love life was a mess. Right. But so a lot of us, we, we, you might get your fitness results and you might go, right. But yeah. Yeah. So you're not in great shape. So just mm -hmm. get in the gym. <laughs> let's right. eat right. Let's exercise. Let's get right. you in shape. And then you can have a wonderful relationship. Like and you like you were having, like I have. Yeah. And like I said, like you and I are sharing, neither of us have, we're in good relationships. And like my fiance too, he was Terrible. in a bad relationship before he met me. And so yet we did find each other, but we can all look back and go, oh yeah, I, I get it. I did it. So anyone listening, don't ever feel bad if you score low on that because no, no. both Roy and I sco scored really low. And oh. if I did mine, I think I'd be morbidly obese as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh... The amount of drama that was in my life, if, if I would have scored well on the test, it's a lousy test because I was a mess. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so 
Yes. Well, there's hope and you give people hope. So Roy, how can people get in touch with you? I'm really excited about all that you have to offer. Yeah. Well, coachingwithroy.com. That's the easiest way. Um, The fitness test is right on the front page. Um, You can reach out to me, Roy at coachingwithroy.com. You know, I love working with people who want to focus on themselves and want to stop the blame game. It's them. It's my ex. It's men. It's the dating world. It's no, Mm -hmm. what's happening in here, people. I want to work on me, you know, and then when that happens, amazing things happen. Yes, of course they do. And then you attract an amazing relationship that you were deserving of. So this is great work. I probably should say that I have my own podcast, by the way. Yes. Yes. I, I named it after my second book. It's called uh-huh. the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. Nice. It's all for single people who want to attract a healthy, sustainable, intimate relationship. So. Love it. And I know people are going to be flocking to that. So I yay. So. <laughs> well, awesome, Roy. Thank you so much for being on my podcast and uh, for sharing all of your gifts with my viewers and listeners. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you very much. It's been wonderful. It's such a great, juicy conversation. I love Always. this stuff. <laughs> All day long, if they let us. Yes, I know, right? Well, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have a story you want to share in my podcast, please reach out to me by going to michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful, miraculous day. And happy manifesting. Thank you again for listening and joining me on my podcast. If you want to learn more about me, please go to my website at michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And on there, I have lots of goodies, including guided meditations and inspirational posts and blogs. And of course, I'm here to help you as your coach. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.